0: listeners. Hi Jenny, hi Kim. Hey. Hi. to see you guys again. Welcome to another episode
1: of CNUSD Ed Chat. We are really excited about this episode because I had the wonderful pleasure of sitting down and chatting with two of my favorite colleagues, Susan Ortega and Michelle Barrios.
0: Yes, we love them. These lovely ladies chatted about ways to support our EL or English learner population, which really is such an important topic. In our district, Susan, Michelle, and the rest of the EL team support approximately 7,000 students and families. Wow, these are definitely two very busy ladies. and they do it so well. Let's take a listen
1: and learn more about how we can support all of our students. Hello, and we are here today with two amazing colleagues here in Corona Narca
2: Unified. Go ahead and briefly introduce yourself and your role. Hello, my name is Susan Ortega. I am a teacher on assignment for the English Learner and Equity Department. And my name is Michelle Barrios.
3: And like Susan, I'm also a teacher on special assignment for the EL and Equity Department. In the world of education, how would you define an English learner? That is a great question because these students really vary in what they can actually look like in, in our district. So we have newcomers. A lot of people think about English learners as, as not necessarily having much English at all, um, which really that is not the case with most of, most of our English learners, but it is sometimes the case with our newcomers. Those are students who have been with in the United States only one to three years. But most of our students are actually
2: generational in our district. Do you want to speak to that, Susan? Yes, and when we talk about generational, we're talking about what we call our homegrown students. Those are students who are enrolling like any other kid in the, in the, in the district. They start off in kinder, and so we, we call them our homegrown EL. EL students. So they well. were
3: actually born here in the United mm-hmm,
2: States. Born in the okay. We also have some long-term mm-hmm. English learners. So when we talk about English learners, we also talk about a long-term ELs and those are students who have been identified as English learners for more than 4 years. When we do talk about English learners, recognizing that these are
3: a group of students that are coming to us with a whole range of assets and diversity that really contributes a lot to the richness in our classrooms.
1: Can you explain how you communicate with school sites about best strategies, legislation,
3: and really any all any and all EL matters? There's various ways that we communicate with our sites. Um, Part of the communication of course comes from our actual, from our department itself um, as a united message like to all administrators and sites in the district. So that happens through memos um, about important um, pieces. A lot of times it's compliance Mm -hmm. pieces because for the English and Equity Department, along with, of of course, the sole purpose why any of us should be here as educators is to Mm -hmm. meet the best needs of all of our students. But then there's also on our end, we also have to make sure we're in legal compliance right, with what's required for our, our English learner,
1: Parents and caretakers play an important role in their child's education. How can they support their EL
2: students? So when we really talk about the parent piece and how they can support, we really talk about being informed. Mm-hmm. How can our parents be more informed around reclassification criteria? Mm-hmm. How do they go, the, the, the process of reclassifying, how to be informed on how to read um, state uh, scores, Right when it comes to the, the language assessment, which we call LPAC. And so there's so many different pieces, and it, and it, it really comes down to being informed. Um, every site has as well, like ELAC meetings, what we call the English Language Advisory Committee. And this is an opportunity where our parents can have a space to voice their concerns, to have a communication with their principal and site administrators, being mindful of the fact that we as educators
3: A piece of that, right? Mm -hmm. So parents won't be informed if we're not reaching out to them. Um, Even though we'd like for our parents to be proactive, right? We know that not all parents are like that. And especially you think about the parent of of a language learner who might not have English, right, as one of their languages. Um, In many cases, that is the, the case. It can be very intimidating to reach out to a school site where you're not even sure you're going to be able to communicate effectively with the staff at the school. Being mindful of how we approach Um, communication with our language learner parents and making the effort to reach out even when that is a risk on our part too, right? Because we're not always as teachers comfortable trying to translate a document or speak in a language where we're really not sure if we're saying it right. But that's what we're asking our English learners to do in our classroom every day is take those risks. We have to do that too to make that communication piece effective and 99% 99% of the time when we do that, even when we don't translate things perfect or say things right, those parents appreciate so much the fact that we made that effort and it kind of opens that door so that they can ask the questions and be informed like Susan's talking about.
0: Right, um,
3: right. And then there's the whole other piece aside from the inform information piece about being aware of what's going on at your child's school site, how they're doing in their classes, going to meetings, that type of thing. There's also... We need to make sure our English learner parents understand that their their native language, whatever their l one is, their first language, it is critical to keep developing that language at home. The idea is not, oh, you need to learn English. Now you can only speak in English, and we shouldn't be you shouldn't be reading in your native language. That's not the case at all. St- research has shown that students are much more successful if they continue literacy in their native language as they're learning English. So reminding um, our English learner parents and supporting that um, literacy in their first language is critical for success of our English learners as well.
2: As educators, being mindful of that too, right? So making sure that we embrace that in the classroom and do our Mm -hmm. best to provide that as an opportunity to share with the rest of the class, maybe a word that's being shared and and having our students um, be part of that creating that welcoming environment. It comes down to really our body language, it comes down to a smile, it comes down to there's other ways that we're able to communicate with our, with our English learners if, if English is not their strength, um, but there is universal languages that we, we can right, and so that makes a big difference in parents being informed and students feeling welcome at school and it it transforms and that's what education is, right? It's that social agent piece. Can you provide any advice for teachers
1: and school sites to help support English language learners as well? I think part of that we had
3: actually addressed Mm -hmm. in the last question too, um, making sure that we're valuing our students for who they are, right? Which we should be doing with all students, not just English learners. That's just, as educators, we need to make sure we're valuing students for what they bring to our classroom. But I think um, there's been a huge shift in the way we approach language learners. I mean, mm-hmm. just in legislation, we have the EL roadmap as a guiding policy now for the state of California. And you'll notice if you look at that that document, um, there's been a huge shift in going from a deficit-based mentality, right? Yes. The idea yes. of, oh, man, I have five English learners on my roster in this class. You know, the idea of it's more work. Not, not recognizing what they bring to a shift to the, an asset-based mentality. A lot of these students come highly educated in their yeah. first language. They have so much to offer the classes that they're walking into culturally, culturally, mm-hmm. Language wise, uh, knowledge that they have, experiences that they have, perspectives that we would not have to share if they weren't sitting in our classrooms. Bottom line is like with any of our students, you need to know your kids, Right. right? As educators, we need to know who they are, what do they like, what are their life experiences,
2: what's important to them, what are their goals. And to and add to that, once we get to know our kids, then we're very intentional with our planning, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the time to to plan how am I meeting the needs of my students, all my kids in my class, knowing that I do have English learners and different levels and different types of English learners, and taking the time to talk about our English learners during professional learning hour time during like PCT or PLC staff meetings and not always leaving it to like oh I have an English learner I need to provide all these scaffolds and supports but providing that rigor and challenge as well knowing the time once you get to know your kids like Michelle was saying right once we know our who our students are we're able to either provide a scaffold or support or remove one Mm -hmm. to continue that rigor in the classroom, and I think that that is the call for educators. What is the greatest challenge,
1: or
3: the greatest challenges that you guys face and see in working with teachers? No matter what content you teach, no matter what group of students you're teaching, I think the the biggest challenge is meeting the needs of so many diverse learners. Right, no mm-hmm. matter what, wh- whether we're talking about English learners, gifted students, that having english learners sitting in classrooms in their classrooms can sometimes be intimidating almost mm-hmm. because teachers we have amazing teachers in our district and they care a lot about their students and i think it's it's natural because we care so much about our kids that we put a huge amount of pressure on ourselves And it doesn't feel good to feel like we're not getting through to someone, right? And when someone doesn't speak the same language as you, that adds a whole other layer to that piece. So I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges is to get teachers to be kind to themselves and realize that it's okay to not know everything and admit when you need help, even if you've been teaching for 15, 20 years because the one thing that's consistent about teaching is there's no consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Every day is different. Sure. Every class you have is different, and even students vary right, and their attitudes day to day. So being willing to ask for help, to work together, being a risk taker, um, that can be that you have to be vulnerable to do that, and that's that's asking a lot. And I think that's a that's a big challenge. So creating that culture to where you're open to ask questions of your peers, to seek help, at the district level, from the professional development department, from your admin, to say, you know what, I want to be better at this, mm-hmm.
2: um, and then taking the risk to try new new things—that is, that's that's a big right. deal. That's the beauty. I guess it is a challenge, but it's also a perk in education, right? That we are able to take a risk, and if it doesn't go mm-hmm. the way we plan it, we get to try it all over again tomorrow. <laughs> and not many professions get to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always make sure to remind teachers that it is a risk you're taking, and it may not work out to your you know, what you thought it was going to be, but you took the risk, you've changed your mindset about trying something new, and that alone is going to make a big difference. And you are able to reflect, right? Reflect and see what worked, what didn't work. And that is the beauty about about education, that we do have that opportunity to try something again, and again and again until we we find it to work for the kids the diverse learners in our class that it works for us and for our you know, classroom management and that it really fits to the needs of your class. I think one other
3: challenge that's worth noting too is that depending on what site you're at or even what class period it is sometimes I think it's really hard to remind ourselves that all means all when you only have one English learner right Mm -hmm. and that it does it takes extra time to build in those scaffolds and to you know maybe modify an assessment or whatever you need to do to meet the needs of maybe a very small portion of your population sometimes it doesn't make it less time consuming to fit that into your planning and you know I think sometimes that's a struggle too because I think our time is very divided we have a lot on our plates and we we have to prioritize but I think then it goes back to just remembering that all means all. We need to meet the needs of all of our students and I don't think mm-hmm. most of us sleep well at night if we don't anyway. I always think in my mind when I think about sit- in, when I've been in situations like that as a teacher, I just always remind myself, what if this was my kid?
2: Mm-hmm. Like
3: what would I want somebody to do for this student if this was my kid? Yeah,
1: right. Great point. With so many changes occurring in the 21st century education and learning, what advice can you give to teachers or families
2: to try tomorrow, to try this week? and to try this month. For this one, you know, you're making me think of many different things, but one that really stands out is making sure that our students are visible, that our English learners are visible at your site. And what I mean by that is that you know who your English learners are. You recognize that they come with diversity, that you empower them to take a risk, to, to try something new, to speak up in class, and as a school site as well, that you know, you know, that you're making an effort to say hi to every single student so that they are visible Mm -hmm. and not invisible. Because what happens in many cases with our English learners is they will go invisible until somebody recognizes them and knows who they are and and takes the time to, to get to know them. Right. Especially our newcomers. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. even more common
3: that don't have the social language piece Mm -hmm. yet to where they, you know, some of them would rather be invisible, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: so if we don't make that effort to to acknowledge their, that they're there, right? Look them in the eye, say hi, kind mm-hmm. of start building that
2: bridge. No one likes to feel like nobody knows you're there, really, right? Good point. For this yeah. week, I would say be intentional with your planning. Once you know who your English learners are, know what their language development levels are, and be intentional with your planning, planning lessons around Listening, speaking, reading, and writing, those are all different ways that we increase our language development. And so being intentional with planning and and putting a focus on that can be something we can work on for the week. I would say probably for this month, be intentional
3: about bringing your English learners up either at a staff meeting, or a department meeting, or a grade level meeting, and that could look different depending on your comfort level level with English learners. So so if you're someone who feels like, gosh, this is an area I really need some help with, or I want to know what other people are doing, then asking questions and bringing it up through that lens or if you're someone who feels like I am on it with my English learners I've attended tons of PDS. this is something I'm already planning intentionally for then maybe you would be that amazing person who offers that bridge to other teachers who might have um, those doubts about whether they're really doing a good job meeting the needs so you could bring it up and say hey this is what I'm doing with my English learners what are you guys doing or what are your thoughts on this and and so being intentional then at a larger level that's all great practical advice thank you and thank you so much for chatting with us
1: today i really appreciate it we've learned so much more about the english language world anytime me. we
2: appreciated being here thank you for the opportunity
0: thank you susan and michelle i think it's important that even though we are so busy we must still find time to get to know our students Even a simple hello or a good morning is something we can all do. I really loved what they shared about our EL students bringing a richness to our classroom and really taking the time to embrace that richness and finding some way to incorporate it. Yes, and being vulnerable. We do ask our students to sit in a classroom all day
1: long and encourage them to venture outside of their comfort zone to practice with language that is really new to them. We could be taking those same risks by reaching out to our EL students and their
0: families. Well, we thank you for listening to another episode of CNUSD EdChat. Chat. We have more motivating and thought-provoking episodes available now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. And we have been working really hard to update our Google page. We know we are long overdue. Don't rub it in. Please now check out our show notes page. All
1: right. And as always, please share these episodes with an educator or family member.
0: So, listeners, you may be missing a notable voice lately. Notable? Do you mean loud? No, let's say passionate. Passionate. Anne Marie has accepted an AP position at one of our elementary schools in our district and may not be as present in some of our upcoming episodes. So, Anne Marie, we wish you well, and we will definitely miss you. Yes, we will. Bye. Go change the world. Ooh, good one. Si desea comentar sobre su podcast, vaya a Punto .us slash EdChat. Y así lugar se de seguirlos en Twitter y Facebook en using the EdChat para hacerles saber los temas que les interesan. like to comment on their podcast, go to using 12caus slash EdChat and be sure to follow them on Twitter and Facebook at using usd.can to let them know the topics
2: you are interested in.